very good afternoon. It is live boiling, which, uh, well, for the next hour or so, we've lots to get through, including, by the way, we're going to be talking to Ollie London about his new book, Gender Madness, in a few minutes. But before I do that, by the way, can I mention as well, don't forget, you can WhatsApp or text us at any stage at 85 There's the number on the screen, 85 and I want to read out this email first before we start. We want to get your reaction to this uh, before we go to Ollie. And it says, Hi, Nod, please help. I really need advice. And your show is honest. I know that much. My son is 10 years of age and has been friends in school uh, with a kid around the corner for the last two years. The kids has sleepovers and play dates all the time in my house. Last month, he was in the house with my son and I noticed he was wearing shorts that looked suspiciously female. And I honestly thought nothing of it. And my son kept saying his name wrong and calling him Sarah, even though his name is actually Stephen. I didn't really want to say anything, and I just thought I was hearing things wrong. And I thought they were just playing make-believe or something. Last week, my son asked me if Sarah could come around to the house for a sleepover. I'd forgotten about the previous incident and asked my son, who is Sarah? Is she from your school? And does her mammy know? And I'm not sure how appropriate it would be for a girl to stay overnight unless her mother is aware of it. I told him I would talk to her mother and ask if he could uh, get her phone number uh, for his friend Sarah, and, but I still hadn't put two and two together. I got the number and I called Sarah's mother and she said she had no issue with her staying over and that uh, she had sure Sarah has stayed in your house before. Niall, I was floored as the penny then dropped that this was Stephen's mother. I asked what was going on and I thought it was Stephen's mother and she informed me that he is now identifying as a girl. I asked why, and she said he was born in the wrong body, but always knew he was a girl, and so did I. Now, this woman is a complete nutcase, and everybody in the school knows about her. She left her husband years ago, and at every, she's at every single protest in the area, no matter what it's about her, she can be seen at. I told her I wasn't happy, and would have to talk to my son about the girl staying over, just to be polite. I didn't want to be too rude to her. I talked to my wife and told my wife I didn't want my son hanging around with a boy like this as it might be an influence on him at the age of 10. I talked to my son when he got home um, and I was just blown away now. The mother of the child has been telling my child that you can be anything you want to be and God love him, in his innocence, he believed that nonsense and repeated it back to me. I explained the home truths to him that Sarah is not a girl and Sarah is a boy whose mother thinks he's a girl and that's not good. And I told him there would be no more staying over the house for now. He was quite upset, as you can imagine. My wife thinks I'm just being cruel to my son. But honestly, I think it's best, as I just don't want that influence in his life, if I can avoid it at all costs. He already believes it's okay to change your gender, thanks to Sarah, stroke Stephen, and has been influenced, as far as I'm concerned, by his mother. My wife and I are now at loggerheads, and she thinks I'm just teaching the child to be a bigot. Is she right? It's a very complicated situation. It is concerning. There's no doubt about that. There is statistics out. To, we'll talk to Ollie in a few minutes about that, about what they call the social contagion. But are you teaching your child to a bigot, be a bigot? Possibly. Maybe not. That all depends on how you look at the situation. But I want to know what you think today. And I want you to text us or WhatsApp us at 85 there is the number, 85 If you've any comment on what we've just talked about with Ali London and his new book, Gender Madness, but also in relation to this email, uh, which is a very interesting email. I'm not going to read out the whole thing again, but the summary of the email roughly is this father's concerned because his, he's just realized that his son's best friend, who's 10 years of age, who comes for regular sleepovers, has just changed his gender in the last month. 
He spoke to his mother, but he believes the mother's an attention seeker, and in nutcases, he refers to her. And he believes this is all the mother's idea. But he doesn't now want his 10-year-old son hanging around with a kid who's changed his gender because he believes that this, in turn, might have some sort of social contagion on his son or influence his son. Already, his 10-year-old son, when he talked to him, said this child's mother had talked to him about, you know, you can change and be anything you want to be. When he, she explained that her son, Stephen, is no longer Stephen and is now Sarah. And he doesn't want him in the house for any more sleepovers. And him and the wife are now arguing and at loggerheads because the wife says, you're being a bigot and you're just teaching her son to be a bigot as well. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm protecting her son. He said, because I don't want this child influencing our son. Let me know what you think. The number, as I said, 085-122-55. That's 085-122-55 if you want to WhatsApp or text. Or go on to our socials on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, let me go to James. James, how are you doing? Uh, afternoon, T. Uh, an interesting interview there with Ollie London, I suppose, explaining his journey. And he generally believes that, you know, deed are transitioning, uh, gender transitioning or gender dysphoria, as far as he's concerned, can be a social contagion spurred on by social media in general. Um, but, I mean, this father, is he taking it a step too far? The kid is only 10, for God's sake. Yeah, well, first of all, it was a fantastic interview, actually. It was fantastic to hear Ollie, and I'm actually going to, Got a copy of his book there before I go on holiday, so I'll have something okay. to read when I'm away. It does look like a good um, book, and I know I know he does source yeah. everything, and he, he mentions all the sources in the book as well. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it'd be good, like if it's a lot of it's fact based, be fantastic. But no, no, look, I have an 11 year old son, and you know, my son's friends are over in the house; they're basically wrecking the house, like you know. But there's no even think or talk of, you know, like one of my son's best friends, like you know, he's as I said, he's 11. And they don't talk about gender or anything like that. Just let kids be kids. And mm. I agree with this father Niall. You know, I mean, this is just, it's pure. It, it's the, the mother of the other child that's calling the child Sarah. You know, she's delusional. It's just, you know, it's basically sacrificing her child at the altar of woke. That's all, this is all this is. And this is all, so, so know, what she, so I, her argument would be, and I can't speak for her, but her argument would be, well, my son came to me, said he wants to be a girl, said he feels like a girl. What am I supposed to do? Tell him to shut up and put on his pants and his shirt and be quiet? Basically, basically say you're you're 10 years old. I don't know where you heard this rubbish from, but as far as I'm concerned... This probably is TikTok. Speaking, probably something stupid that I heard. Just heard, the, like, you know, this is where they hear it from, not Like, all this crap over the last four to five to six years, this is all, it's all to do with social media. And I can guarantee you in 10 years, I'm just so glad that when I was growing up as a kid, there was no such thing as social media around because I'd be embarrassed with the stuff I get up to as a, as a teen and stuff. But, you know, th this stuff now, these, these kids will look at themselves in 10 years' time and go, oh, my God, what was I like saying but, I was a but boy? I mean, I, and I'm, I'm like just that. giving you the counter-argument. When I was a kid, obviously, being gay wasn't a consideration in this country. It was actually illegal to be gay in Ireland, mm. or certainly the act of homosexuality was illegal. And, you know, gay people were frowned upon in society, which we know now was wrong. Uh, and, you know, and kids would have called gay kids names. You know, they yeah, would have called gay. them queers or whatever it was. Yeah. I, I, because because that's what our parents told us. Because my father yeah. was my father was a bigot. My father was probably a racist. Or, well, he's certainly not. Maybe he was more ignorant than anything else. Because they were old stock, old school. But, you know, times change, I suppose. Isn't, isn't that the argument? And if we continue that, well, then we're just teaching the child to be judgmental. Isn't that the argument? But the thing about, as you mentioned about being gay, Niall, you know, most... If I, just take I know boys, it's not the same thing, but I just, just want to point out that. I, just I know, no, but no, no, I'm, 
Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, no, but like most gay people, Niall, know they're gay. They don't just like, you know, they, they feel it. You know, it's biological to them that they feel that way. You know, they're, it's not a thing that they wake up when they're 11 or 12 and go, you know what? I think I'll turn gay. It looks a bit of crack. You know what I mean? They just, it's way, it's way, it's, it's the hormone. Why, do you think, you think a kid wakes up at 10 and says, I think I'll be a girl? Looks like a bit of crack. Yeah, well, you know, they think that they're they're seeing this from somewhere, Niall. You know, they're seeing Mm. this from, as you said, on TikTok or on social media. And it's crap. Look, we, uh, the simple fact is this, Niall. There's male and female and they're very, very, very rare intersex that comes in. But, you know, know, as we always say, Niall, in a hundred years time, if some paleontologist digs up my body, he'll look and say, yeah, that was a man. He digs up your body. That was a woman. You know what I mean? Or, or Karen's body, as I said, dig up a woman, digs up your body. It's a, it's a man, male and female. And it's di- I can guarantee you, Niall, in about five years' time, all this will all be forgotten. Okay, so, 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 getting, so getting back to the email, if this was your 10-year-old son, would you be restricting his yeah. friendship with this child who's changed their gender? I, I would. It, like, it, I, I would not allow my son to play into somebody's fantasy because that's exactly what it is. So we'll, like st- well, yeah, well, okay, well, well, hang, well, hang on. Let me stay there for a second. I'll just go to Carl as well. Carl Dieter, how are you? Carl, good afternoon hey. to you. Carl, I mean, look, we hey, spoke to Ollie London. We spoke to Ollie London, who de-transitioned there for about a half an hour. And Ollie went through this whole thing about what he believes can be a social contagion in society. Um, do you believe that it's a social contagion? And would that concern you then if your child was hanging around with somebody who changed their gender at 10 years of age? Well, I, I wouldn't disagree that it can have social contagion elements to it. And, and you see that in the rapid rise in number of people identifying as transgender. But I think when you talk about a, a dad wanting your child to not hang out with someone else because of these core belief differences, I think back, you know, and most of us have events in our life that make us think about like, what if that was me? What if that was something that I can learn from my own past? And when I was a child, I had a friend who was Hindu and I was being raised Christian. My friend Nikhil had many gods. He used to, you know, have all these different festivals, all these different days. I used to rubbish them, and it really upset him. Um, now, as an adult, I might look at all these religions and say, well, joke's on you. You were all wrong. But the fact is that these are two incompatible beliefs. But I was taught to accept our differences and focus more on what we had in common. My dad taught me, you know, when he was a child, he was homeless when he was seven. He was actually rescued by Mormons who were a group of people that he had very little respect for, and then suddenly had this massive wealth of respect because they had helped him during the Great Depression. So I think good people come in, in every religion and every group, and, and I think that the learning here would be, if you restrict the friendship, you know, and your, your, your children want to remain friends, I don't know who, who the beneficiary of that is. Uh, and, you know, what I was, another example is when I was a kid, I had a mate who had an invisible friend. Like, I didn't bail on him because he believed something, whatever about what you believe about yourself. This was completely fabricated stuff in his head. It was completely made up. Like, no one believes at all. Whatever about your beliefs in gender, no one believes in invisible friends. This kid, he kept that one up for seven, eight months. So I think kids can be pretty accommodating, pretty uh, able to deal with a lot more than what we think they can. I think it's. If, if, but, but, but I think you're. Yeah, but I think your ten-year-old. Yeah, but, but Carl, I think your ten-year-old realizes that an invisible friend doesn't exist. But I think your ten-year-old is intelligent. But they realize to, they realize that their friend who's a boy isn't a girl. I mean, they're not they're not stupid. And and if the other parent is telling them things you don't accept or believe, well, that's the problem too, to isn't it? To that parent, well, yeah, but then you've got to say to the parents, hold on, their friendship is their friendship. Whatever this ideology is this will be a deal breaker for their friendship. I want to explain that to you. 
I don't want my my son to, you know, he has his friendship. But how? But how is he? But how is he going to? But hang on, how he? It doesn't matter what the parents said. How is he going to avoid that if his former friend Stephen, who's now Sarah, you know, is wearing dresses, is you know, acting like a girl or demanding that you know his his friend, your son, uh, calls him Sarah. You know, I, I mean, that, well, that's that's well, already well, there. No, what 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 is a girl? What is a girl? What is a girl? You, you want the definition of a girl? Yeah. The definition of a girl is a human being who is born with the capabilities of, of having children and has reproductive organs of a female. Okay. And if your child knows that to be the case, then you don't have to worry about anything because they know that this is a boy who, who's looking and acting like a girl. It will be a boy into eternity. And it's up to him to... Look, you've got to protect your child from every mind virus out there, whether it's, you know, the ideals of far-left socialism, which I think is a very dangerous, very destructive ideology, or, you know, wanting to maybe run off and join ISIS, or any of the many things out there that you don't want them to do. But the, the solution isn't to avoid them from ever actually interfacing with these things. It's actually to teach them the difference between the fundamental rules and rights and wrongs and and belief systems that, that you want them to, to grow up with. Now, you can be taught bad ideas from a young age. You can be taught racism and hatred, and I don't think that's very positive. You can be taught acceptance, but it doesn't mean that you buy into to what you're accepting the same way that I never became a Hindu. I never started to play with my mate's invisible friend. I never did any of those things. I just understood that we have mm -hmm. these differences, that we can have completely okay. different Okay, well, well, ha well, hang on. Well, have like me... a 90% yeah. agreement on lots of other stuff. Well, I mean, sorry, let me go back to James. James, that's a fair point. You don't have to believe it. You can talk to your child personally about it. Your child is 10 years of age. They're logical enough at 10 years of age to understand, you know, that Stephen is not a girl. And But look, if he wants to be called Sarah, I'll call him Sarah, but he's not a girl. They're logical enough to, to understand that. They're not going to catch it off them. Yeah, no, they're not going to catch it off, but it is slightly different between religion and, you know, this ideology, because... Well, it's not. We, well, it is, it, well, it is an ideology, it, well, depending on what you believe. But, I mean, it is, you well, know, religion, gender identity, you know what I mean? Social construct. I'm, well, not really, Noel, but... Uh, well, it is a social construct. Gender is a social construct. Well, so, so they keep telling us, now, But, no, look, the, the way I look at it is this. I mean, don't you get know, me wrong, it is intrinsically kids, linked to your biological features, are, obviously. Kids that do this stuff, Noel, it's... It's a delusion in their parents' heads because. And yeah, go on. Uh, sorry, no. Thank you. Go ahead. You go ahead, James. Oh, I've lost his line for some reason. Oh, okay. It's a delusion in their heads, Carl. As far as he's concerned, and he doesn't want that delusion, I suppose. Yeah. So, I, I look. I think James is trying to articulate something that that isn't easily described. Is what he's saying is that, you know well he said it's a delusion in their parents' head. It, it, that wouldn't explain when it happens to adults. But look, he can say it's a delusion in their head. Up until 1980, there wasn't actually even a, a definition for, for like broad transsexualism in American, well, certainly as far as American psychology goes, and then it was described as a disorder. It was only reclassified only a mere 10 years ago as, as this idea of gender dysphoria. But this idea that you can't have people with different views, I mean, you see taking religion as a good proxy. If you look at Catholics and Protestants in Northern Ireland, completely at loggerheads for many years, and they were both branches of the same faith. They were both branches of Christianity. If you look at Sunni Muslims versus Shia Islam, you know, same branch, different branches of the same faith and having these huge disagreements. So you can have massive disagreement while having a lot in common. And that's the bit that I would just say is 
Don't teach your kid to focus on the differences. Raise them right. Teach them to be good to others. You know, to learn what level of differences are you willing to accept and, and, and to say that there's certain things that you won't accept, but just don't focus on those things. Okay, well, well, hang on, say that, because I want to go to Alan as well. Alan, how you doing? You're on the Rob Boylan podcast. You've been listening to Carl. You know, he accepts that some people don't agree with it, but the child is logical enough to understand the difference between right and wrong and whether Sarah is actually Steve or Stephen is actually Sarah, and it's not going to influence your child. Uh, so, so, personally, uh, Carl always, always speaks about a French right? But I think this ideology, has been, and this has been pushed on kids, right, more so than anyone knows, whether it be on YouTube, on cartoons, it's been rammed down their throats across the internet, never even all of a sudden, you, you, there's something wrong with you, you're not a boy or a girl. So that parent has every right to be worried by seeing another child dressed like this, that obviously that would grow up, because social, this does work. There is social contagion, although they try to say it doesn't exist, it does, it does exist. And this is what happens, so... People are told to tell footballers to stop fighting on pitches because the kids then copy that on, the, on their own football pitches around the parks. Again, social contagion. That's what happens. And exactly what we're seeing here. This seems to be the new trend nowadays is to completely mess with kids' heads. So when I was younger, you can be what you want to be. You work hard, you study hard, you be a guard, be a doctor, whatever. Now it's literally you can be a lamppost. And we'll affirm that you want to be a lamppost. That, that is dangerous. And what they're doing now to kids in my opinion, is sick and twisted and needs to be stopped. But, but, but if you, I mean, it's a very, yeah, but it's a very difficult situation to be in as a parent when your child, who you love dearly, has a best friend or a friend, I don't know if it's a best friend, but certainly a friend who has sleepovers in the house, obviously a very good friend. And, and you know, to explain to him, I'm sorry, you can't play with him anymore. That's a bit heartbreaking, isn't it? I think it'd be heartbreaking, but... Do you want your child then coming back on? Actually, maybe you know, maybe I'm a girl now. I, like, because he's now a girl. Maybe I should be a girl. Well, I think a lot of the studies have been done on people that there was an issue with their sexuality. What about them changing gender? Mm-hmm. It was. I think there was a there was a, there was a doctor in, in in Canada, and that was one of his things was most people who transitioned as it was an issue with their sexuality, and not because they were a man or a woman, but they didn't deal with their sexuality. So for me, that child should be seen as a psychologist. And again, it goes back to where it's this country that's kids down again because you can't get a point with a psychologist. Well, either way, you I don't. don't well, you don't have to. Under the gender recognition bill, now you don't have to. Years ago, you, to to yes. change your gender, you had to go and see a psychologist or a so, psychiatrist. Well, we, but you don't have to anymore. We moved away from. Well, we you can self-identify now. Which is which is ridiculous. So we're moving away from gender dysphoria because gender dysphoria is a condition. Was yes, right? well, it was in the DSM. Yeah, at so one what, stage. What you're now doing now is oh no, it's about how you feel. So I mean, you're taking away that clinical need that, that you should be meant to see. So go see someone, discuss this, understand what. Okay, well, on, okay. So do, do you? Well, I'm going to ask a silly question, but do you believe a man can become a woman, or no, a boy can not. become a girl? Carl, do you believe no, a man? Well, Carl, I ask you a straight question: Do you believe a man can become a woman? Is that to me? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I, 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 but I want to draw a distinction between what I would call the respectful acceptance of someone as how they want the world to see them, which I think to not do that is just bad manners and rude. And the very So what you're saying to me is you would if you if you met a trans person <laughs> tomorrow, you would be respectful, you would refer to them as her and give them their, their new name, but you don't believe it. You you believe that they're delusional. Uh, well, I don't know about delusion. All I'm saying is that I don't believe that they constitute in Well if they believe it and you don't believe it, well then you believe they're delusional. 
Well, well, non-acceptance but, is not, no, not but when you frame it like that, that's like me saying that I believe someone who's, who believes in Islam is delusional or someone who's Hindu is delusional. I don't believe the same things. I'm not implying delusion. Uh, so that's, that's where I think the key difference lies. I want to just be very specific on that point. Mm. But I, I suppose, you know, when we talk about religion, for example, you know, I don't believe there's a God. And I, as much as I respect mm. people's belief in religion, I do believe that anybody who believes there's a person in the sky controlling everything is delusional. Um, okay, so, but, so, but, I, but I do believe that. Uh, yeah, but I, I do. Yeah, no, but I do. I do respect people's belief in a religion and their belief in a god. But I do believe it's a delusional belief. Okay, but that. But you're describing what you think. So, uh, like, like, but what that's doing is is. Um, I can't remember what the, the term in psychology is, but it's like you're you're like kind of broadcasting or putting your mental map on someone else. I, I think that people can believe different things and delusion otherwise. I just have my beliefs and that's what I worry about because I'm a, a believer in individualism at my core rather Absolutely. than having a collective a collective view, which means if you believe it, we all have to believe it. Oh, no, no. And, and, and by the way, if you tell me you believe in a pink god from the planet Zorg, I'm quite happy with that. That's your belief. But, <laughs> but don't ask me to believe it. So isn't that the problem that we have in society at the moment when it comes to gender identity? Is that, you know, I can respect people's belief in identifying with a lamppost, as Alan said earlier on, but don't expect me to believe it. No more than if you believe in, you know, Allah or you believe in God or you believe in whatever God it happens to be, you know, that's fine. But don't force me to believe it. Because nobody's going to do that. Those are the forces of individualism versus collectivism, which is the forces of traditional... Yeah, but we've no individualism when it comes to the trans movement at the moment. We're told that we must believe it. Yeah. We're told we but must accept I mean, that, that, That's like saying that you, you must accept a, a religion as yes, being your divine, absolutely. controlling but, northern star. And, but and we, but we this, don't this, do that. We don't force people to believe it. But we don't force people this to believe in religion. This Quite the opposite. No, but we used to. No, well, this is the point. Is What I'm saying is there's always some kind of new faith. And in the past, you, you could be killed for being a heretic or burned at the stake for being a witch. Uh, all of these things ridiculous to me. But that's because this divine faith that was the highest... And, and isn't it equally... But hang on, Carl. Isn't it equally ridiculous at the moment that we have the new form of being burned to the stake, which is cancel culture? So in other words, if yeah, you don't believe... Secular, it's, secular fundamentalism. It's yeah. secular fundamentalism, which is effectively a modern brand of religious faith. It's just people hate when you call it like that because the people who believe this stuff spent so long fighting religion that when you say, actually, you're a religion, they're like, no, 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 anything but that, you know? No, it, it, it's a brand of secular fundamentalism. Okay, it's so, just okay, wait, wait, okay, wait. Get, but getting back to the kids. Religion. So, sorry, Alan. My, I, you know, I understand. I, I completely agree with most of what Carl is saying. To be honest with you, uh, but in saying that, Alan, you know, we're talking about ten-year-olds here. You know, it's very hard to be cruel and less understanding to a ten-year-old. You know, because this is his little buddy. You know, where he doesn't care if it's a clearly he doesn't care if it's a boy or a girl or you know or whatever. So and he's quite happy to call the the kid Sarah. Um, you know, and it's very hard, difficult to be cruel to your child like that and say you can't play with him anymore. You're you're explaining everything to your child that that, that maybe that child does have some psychological issues that need to be addressed, and that's what the other parents should be dealing with, rather than letting the child dress up as a girl and push him out. Like, if someone wants to identify as a lamppost, right, I couldn't give a crap, right? Do not care one iota, right? I have an issue with anyone under 80 being allowed to transition or having stuff pushed on kids. That's why I draw the line. And that's where we're heading in this country. We see the state, the Americas, in all of this nonsense. 
Well, I, I, I don't, I think the world, now, to be fair, I think the world is turning slightly because we're now seeing in numerous countries around the world, as we spoke to Ali, they're now banning, and many states in America, they're banning puberty blockers. They're banning yeah, surgery on people under the age of 18. So I can see a shift back the other direction again. And in Britain now, they have banned in many sports now, they've banned biological males entering female sports. We haven't really done that yet. And I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. We, we don't, we've only done it in rugby and they've made their own call on that. We're last with everything, and, and uh, look, we're bringing in hate speech now laws that will stop you from actually saying someone's a man or not a woman or a man, because again, that'll be hate speech. And this is what we're trying. We're trying to shut down free speech or shut down any debate whatsoever in this country. Mm. And Carl would have to admit to that we are shutting down any any type of debate. This is what we say: it is. If you go against that, you're racist, you're homophobic, you're anything else. Like I put this question to someone the other day: Would you date a trans uh, woman or transvestite woman? I should say, and they were like, no. I said, okay, well then you don't believe that a man can become a woman, and and that's that's the fundamental what it is. But that doesn't make that guy homophobic. He just wasn't date a, a man, regardless of how they dress. But no, I, I agree. Well, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't date uh, yeah, if I was single. I wouldn't be dating a trans woman. Yeah, but they're labelling people because they can and because it, it's now unless it was gay, of course. Well, that's if you are gay. That's what you're into. I don't think. I, I don't and I don't, I don't even know, by the way, whether gay men would date a trans woman because that's not really what they want, either, right? I don't think well, then, so. I'm not gay, so I don't know. Uh, then the woman get uh, get branded transphobic because she wasn't date a, a lesbian. That was that was a lesbian woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, well, well how, yeah, they were branded transphobic because they wouldn't date a trans woman because they were lesbian. I know that gets very complicated. Uh, sorry, let me just go to Martin as well. Martin, how are you doing? You're on the Nile podcast. Good afternoon, Niall. Um, <clears throat> you'll have to bear with me because I didn't I didn't hear most of the start because I'm at work and I'm just taking early lunch. Um, <clears throat> right, my understanding is we're talking about uh, two 10-year-olds. Yeah. Now, just to relate back to a conversation I had with you a few nights back, there was a statistic I read where um, 80% of male juveniles in this country have never climbed a tree. And that's part of the problem. We're not allowing children to be children first. I don't believe that a 10-year-old, most 10-year-olds don't even know what they want for breakfast, never mind what their gender, as it's called, is. And that's first. <laughs> Secondly, to re to, using a comparison of religion, it doesn't follow. It's non-sequitur because religion comes down to a fundamental belief or ethos. But when you're talking about... Uh, biological entities when you're talking about you know facts that are that are demonstrable you can demonstrate a person's uh, a person's um sexual characters not just by their genitalia but if you, if you go in and, and, and look further into, into into their chromosomes look i have no i have no issue with somebody who is an adult wanting to identify as a member of the opposite sex they don't give me this gender nonsense it's it's it's, it's just it's just wordplay. But I will not be forced, not by anyone. I would I would certainly use their personal name. If a person wants to change their name, I will use that. But I will not be forced by hate speech or by courts or by anyone else to basically to, to deny objective reality and call a man a woman or a woman a man. I won't do it. I don't care who's okay, offended by it. And I, I, I'm not, not going to disagree with you, but, but getting back to, to a child, wait, wait, I mean, could you be cruel enough to say to a child, you can't play with this kid anymore because this kid 
I, you know, identifies as something I don't believe in, and I don't want that to influence you. Is 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 that cruel to a child to do that? No, I think I think that, that my understanding is I think the father in this case is being protective towards the son. I mean, if you, if you took a situation where if you had some if you have somebody with body dysmorphia now, I'm not talking about gender dysmorphia. I'm talking about body dysmorphia. There mm-hmm. are people. Yeah. who literally believe that some of that their limbs, a limb or limbs, don't belong to them. Yeah, I know. And these people have had amputations. That's right. Now, I mean, objectively, in reality, would anyone else say, well, you're right, that's not actually your leg. We don't know how that happened. It just ended up growing there, but it really belongs to somebody else. Why is it that we deny the reality of, of, of one dysphoria and yet accept the reality of another and say, well, that person, obviously, it really is their leg, but we're going to amputate it because it makes them uncomfortable or it... it, it no, no, I, 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 no, I understand. I, I, no, no, by the way, hold on. You're kind of entering into all different directions there, and that's not really the point of what I'm trying to talk about. And, and I, I'm, again, I'm not disagreeing with you or Alan or everybody else in their concerns, but what we're talking about is a child. So your kid is 10 and hanging around with a 10-year-old yeah. called Stephen. Yeah. And yeah. a month later, Stephen is Sarah. And you've spoken to the mother, and the mother says, oh, yeah, he's identifying as a girl now, and, you know, because he was born in the wrong body, blah, 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 blah. Are you really going to turn around to your son? Because the father and the, the wife, are, the mother and the father are now having an argument over this, and the mother said, you can't do that to your child, you're teaching them bigotry. And the father said, oh, I don't want him playing with him anymore. I don't want the kid in this house anymore. Not dressed in, you know, girls' clothes and pretending to be a girl and insisting we call him Sarah. I don't want that. So is the father being a bigot? No, I, I genuinely don't think so. I mean, I don't I don't have sons, and my two daughters are grown women. One of them has her own children. I'm a grandfather. But if I had a son that was nine or ten years old, and he was associating with another child nine or ten years old, who used foul and filthy language, went into went into shops and was, was shoplifting and what have you. And I know there are people who say, oh, well, that's not the case. That's not what's happening. But the point is children influence each other. That's what's happening. And it is a social contagion. No matter what anyone says, it is a social contagion. And I would be protecting my child. And there are, there are certain things you do when you're a parent. There are responsibilities you take. And sometimes you do have to be cruel to be kind to your children. You know, you, 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 like when you, when your children are literally when they're when they're you know when they're toddlers. If your child goes to do something dangerous, put their hand near a fire or a hot surface or whatever. If you have to give them a tap on the back of the hand and say ah ah ah, ah what you're doing is you're you're actually instructing them, you're building them, you're you're telling them what's right and wrong, and that is every parent's right, and nobody should take it away from them. I, yeah, but there I are bad. But how, yeah, but there are bad parents. Of course, there are bad parents, but not all parents are bad just because other people decide. I mean, that the I mean when we when we look back, and I mentioned this at the start of the show, Martin. When we look back in time, you know, my father, for example, by today's standards, would have been a bigot. He probably would have been a racist. <laughs> he would have been all of those things, right? By today's standards, right? Because I I can remember my father. Even if there was a gay presenter on the television, he'd be like, "I'll oh, turn him off, bleeding queer." Right, and that was his attitude because that was old stock. Right, that's that's the way they thought in those days. Because of course, as you know, homosexuality was illegal in this country up to thirty years ago, and that was passed on to children. And it was the breaking that happened around the nineteen eighties, 
where we then, you know, realise, well, diff- people different do have different sexual orientations and, and some men fall in love with other men and that's just the way it is and that's fine. And we, we don't teach children to judge gay men or gay women nowadays. So we don't have that because if we do, we're classed as bigots. So are we not doing the same thing when it's saying to your young child, I don't want you hanging around with this kid because, you know, there's something wrong there. He's, he's not, you know, he's not a girl, he's a boy. He needs to get over himself and until he gets over himself, you're not blaming him. Are we, no, are we teaching bigotry? Are we, you know no, what I mean? No, Niles, no, with respect, it's not the same thing. As I said, when you return to the base of objective reality, that's what we're talking about here. The objective reality is there are gay men, there are gay women, there are people who have no interest at all in sex or whatever. That, that, that is a reality. Okay, that's a reality which I, as a, as a human being, can accept. What I agree, what I agree with it, I think it's right. That's beside the point. I accept it. I would never treat anyone, including a trans person. I, I, I wouldn't be deliberately disrespectful or hateful towards them. But I am not going to take part in their delusion. That's the difference. I will be respectful towards them. If they change their name, I'll use whatever name they want. I, I don't know. And, 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 and again, I agree with you. I, I would be respectful, but I'm not going to take part in the delusion, as, as I believe also. right? But we are talking about a 10-year-old. I want to get back to the 10-year-old. I think that's what's important. Because what we're doing is we're telling the 10-year-old to be judgmental, aren't we? Whereas we ourselves are saying we wouldn't no, be judgmental. No, 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 no. With respect, Nile, I disagree. I don't think that's what the father is doing at all. He's not telling the 10-year-old to be judgmental. So the 10-year-old goes to school the next day, meets the kid in school and says, sorry, you can't come out of my house. My dad won't let me play with you anymore. Yeah. But where's the problem? I mean, when well, I, was, I, mean, when I, was I know you school, don't see a problem, but maybe that's a problem for the kid then, isn't it? But, but, I mean, look, <laughs> you know, into every life a little rain must fall. When I was a kid at school, like yourself and like most people, I got into fights. I had, you know, we all had things happen to us. And if, you, if, if we're going to wrap children in cotton wool, that makes the problem worse. Deal with the realities of the world. Okay, well, stay there a second. Let me just go to Joe as well. He's been waiting ages. Angela, I'll be with you in a second. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Hey. Good afternoon, Noel. How are you? Not Good afternoon, bad. Joe. Uh, Joe, I, I, I'm getting a strong message here from everybody today that the father is not a bigot. But it's coming across that way in the email. I'm going to be lying. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm looking at some of the messages coming in. You're welcome to go on the air, by the way, any of those people who sent in those messages, um, saying that, you know, everybody's being a bigot here today. Sorry, Joe, would you would you have an issue with it? Uh, I would have an issue with it, Noel, yeah, because I believe in kind of... I'm I'm like a lot of people... I'm kind of old school, you know, I would have an issue with, if I had a child, no, I don't have uh, kids, but if I did, I would be uh, very cautious of it. And as well as that, I think this agenda has been pushed because of one particular man in this country, and that's Leo Varadkar, because ever since he became Taoiseach in 2017, all this stuff has been coming out of the woodwork, left, right and centre. They're pushing for this, they're pushing for that, you know, it's kind of like, you have to go along with the with the narrative. If you don't, and if you don't agree with it, then you're classed then as an outcast or a bigot or a whatever. Like you know, it's it's dangerous, very dangerous, and uh, I I am very concerned about it, especially where kids are concerned, because I think we have to, as much as possible, try to protect our children in certain ways. But what, what are you, but here's but what are you what are you protecting them against? What's the fear? It like. I don't want to be flipping, but it's not chicken pox. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I know that. I know that. But yeah. like, what I'm, what I'm on about really, Niall, and, um, you know, I'm trying to come probably, I'm, I, I'd be like, you know, I'd be conservative. Like, but I think that if I had a child and she was being taught, uh, a child, say, a fella, whatever, yeah. was being taught about this thing or that thing or about um, two, two um, gay, gay men or two gay women and all this stuff, um, I would be, I, I just wouldn't really, would, wouldn't uh, stand for that, like, you know? Okay, well, well, do me a favor. Uh, just um, you, sorry, yeah, you can you can take one there if you want to. Let me just go to Angela as well. Stay there with me, Alan, too, for a second. Uh, Angela, how are you doing? Grand. How are you, Angela? I, I'm getting a very strong sense of everybody saying that I wouldn't let my ten year old play with a ten year old to change their gender. I mean, uh, have we no compa- Have we lost all compassion? I think what's happened is. Um, it's not we've lost compassion. Um, I think it's more we've lost respect for them. And it's been forced Who? on them. For who's them? Transgender. Okay. Because just because um, this man, uh, the father, doesn't want his child playing with a transgender, does not mean that he's a bigot or he's homophobic or anything like that. I mean, even a lot of the gay community are coming out and they're losing respect for transgender, of the way it's been forced on us, it's been put in our faces. It's, but that's not the 10-year-old's fault. It's not a 10-year-old's fault. It's not. But, with, but with, the, what we're doing is blaming the 10-year-old here by taking well, it out on him. And, I, and I, understand, I understand the point that everybody is making today. And I do understand, by the way, there's a social contagion aspect of this. I'm not disagreeing with Alan, yeah. by the way, what he said earlier on. I know he's still there. I'm not disagreeing with him. I, 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 I understand that there's a social contagion element and that has been discussed in many published papers in relation to it. Um, but in saying that, what you're saying is, and I understand the, the horribleness of the, the way some of the, the trans community have gone on. I saw a video the other day of a trans person who said that they were going to have a uterus um, uh, inserted in them. So that this is the truth. So they could get pregnant and be the world's first trans person to have an abortion. That's delusional. And that, that's delusional. Of course it is. That's somebody who actually, who needs psychological intervention, right? Anybody who even suggests yeah. that would need psychological intervention to, to even think like that, to but want to think like that. Think but that's not the 10-year-old's fault. It's not the 10-year-old's fault. But, the thing is, there's a massive fear from the father. A massive fear. It's not. It's 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 not hatred or something. And I'm, I know I always compare both. But he is afraid that yes, his ten-year-old son is going to follow the leader. Is going to say, well, listen, she's, she's having a great crack there as being a woman. I might try it. You know. Mm. And of course, you're going to have that fear. Of course, you are. You know, it's it's the same. Okay, you're going to have the fear. That's fine. But are you going to stop your 10-year-old playing with this kid? Well, I know it's not the same thing. But, like, if there's a 10-year-old child going down the road who's robbing stuff, or who, and they have done it, are doing drugs, or are attacking people, will you stop them playing with them then? Yeah, okay. you will. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, so, but- well, well, hang on, and so Alan, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm understanding what everybody is saying. The father has concerns, Alan, and I get that, all of that. 
I understand what people are saying about a social contagion. So I spoke to Ali, who wrote the book earlier on, who believes, and now a study said there is a social contagion. Some studies say there's not. But I get all of that. But why are we taking it out on a ten-year-old? We're not. We're not. We're not taking it on a ten-year-old. The problem is, the ten-year-old is a byproduct of the way society's been twisted. He's a byproduct of his and mother, most likely. By the way, can I just point out? Yeah, but yeah, but that that's normally the way because it goes. It, it goes the, the female feelings and all, which have been more. Well, well, it's a, she's a single mum. Your man points yeah. out the husband left her years ago, and she's a nut. He, he, I'm just quoting him. He said it's well known she's a nutcase. Yeah, but, but again, so so he's a byproduct of society, and society has gone right. So, but we can't keep allowing kids to, to be dressed up as rabbits or girls or whatever it is. Right? Yeah, and let's and, and yeah, and let's deal with all that issue. And I'm not disagreeing. Let's deal with all that issue. I understand that. I don't understand how a child can be encouraged at seven or eight or ten years of age to change gender. I just don't understand it. I don't get the logic of the sense of it, right? As I said many times on the year before, you know, at the age of seven, I wanted to be the Hulk. My father didn't give me steroids and spray me green. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you, you just, you know, that's, that's okay, we've, we've all different feelings on that. But all I'm saying is, this is the kid's friend, his best friend. And for the, for the father and mother to be now arguing, saying, and the mother's saying, well, look, there's nothing you can do about it. And the father's saying, well, there is. I'm not letting him play with him anymore. All you're doing is, so, all you're doing is hurting your own kid. Yeah, but if, if you, so you've had a best friend when you were growing up, right? Yeah. Which we all did, right? Yeah. So if that best friend got on his BMX bike and tried to jump over a wall, you would get on your BMX bike and try to jump over the wall, right? It's not because that's what best friends did. And that's the father's concern here is, all of a sudden, my son is now going to, because this is his best friend, might start to get feelings or might think a certain way because his, his best friend is dressed this way. And that's it. he then ends up with psychological problems, whatever it may be, further down the line, right, or being bullied or whatever it may be. So the father is well entitled to have those concerns and he's well entitled, it's his child to yeah. his foot down. He's yeah. entitled to do that. This is his child's night and he wants the best for his child. And like somebody... Yeah, said, but, yeah but our parents wanted the best for us. And yeah, and yet our parents were quite our all of our parents were quite judgmental when it came to gay people. Like someone, like someone has said before, we're not letting kids be kids anymore. We're trying to teach them as young as they can about everything else, bar being a child. Stay there, but well, well, hang on, stay there, both. Let me go to Stephen. Stephen, how are you doing? You're on uh, the Narbonne podcast. How's it going, everyone? I, I, I'm trying to get to the focus on the actual point here, which is, you know, two 10-year-olds. And I, I get what everybody is saying today. I think 10 is bonkers, you know, a child changing the gender at 10. But that's that's as may be. Stopping your kid from playing with them, is that, is that the answer? Um, so uh, there's, 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 there's two answers to this, Niall, and I have to give you both of them so that you'll understand um, the, like, the real difficulty here. Um. Most men in society right now are against a lot of what's coming in. And they have done their research on things like suicide rates, things like, uh, you know, quality of life, etc. What What happens? Men are predictors. We, we, we like to plan ahead of the dangers that come to our families. And the truth of the matter is that most trans children attempt suicide before the age of 20 between 32 and 50% of the time. And 81% of suicide... I, I don't know where you get the statistic of most, but I know the, the suicide um, rate in the transgender community is a lot higher. Yes. It, it, it's mental. But but even if you compare to the general population, it's like 13 times... It's much higher. higher. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, but what happens is if they have that attempt at that age, it reinforces the idea in their head that life isn't worth living at an early age. And and but but many many of the trans community will okay. But but yeah, but unfortunately, many of the people in the trans community will say the reason that happens is because they're not accepted in society, or they feel they're not accepted in society. Like, could, could straight people now turn around and blame trans people for their suicide attempts? I don't agree with that idea at all. I believe in a bit of self ownership of the issue, right? But okay. that's where men are coming from. Is is what 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 is going to become of my child? The father in this situation is probably thinking, "Am I like?" continuation of our family is a threat here if this child pals around with someone who convinces them that uh, conventional family units are not for them. So uh, I do think that the father has the right to step in here. To me, like his partner calling him a bigot is is is, is indoctrinated to some level. Or, or well, his father, his partner calling him a bigot is because he's concerned about the child's friendship with this kid. And again, I say to you, we're talking about a 10-year-old, and Stephen, I hate to flip the argument on you, and I respect yeah. you, right? I genuinely do. You remember the traveling community, um, who themselves yeah. have experienced so much discrimination throughout the years. And how would you yeah. feel if, for example, your 10-year-old kid was playing with another kid, and that kid turned around and said, oh, or that kid's parents, I don't want them playing with Stephen's kid. He's a member of the traveling community. You know what they're all, right? They're all thieves. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I don't believe that. I'm just saying, and use that yeah, argument. Well, I, 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 I think uh, a lot of the time, um, parents witness uh, or, or, or you know see firsthand behaviours that don't fall in line with their family units or their their, their traditions, and they'll say no. I but you no, that. but you understand the hypocrisy of what I'm saying because you know, because yeah, that's not oh, true. Of I mean, when, when my son was quite young, his best friend was a member of the travelling community, and I, in my own head, had preconceived notions. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just being honest. Sorry, I, I'm part but, of the traveling community, and I have preconceived. Notes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like but 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 I was fine, and and the kid came to our house all the time, and he stayed over sleepovers. He was about twelve or thirteen at the time, and then I would bring my son up to the Halton site, where the father, in fairness, he was a lovely man, and he used to bring my son off down to see the horses, <laughs> and they were oh. building this old, you know, the old traveler caravans, the kind of kind of circle ones, you know, those circly ones. Yeah. And my son learned so much about the community. And it was wonderful. Yeah. It was very sad, actually, that at the end of the day, what happened was that he was 15 and he was removed from school, which I thought was unfortunate. But I know that and happened. Did your son pick up any language, traits? Um, I, I, think he, I think he did at the time. What's the name of the language again? Oh, I'm trying to remember the language. These, the, the halting site that he was going to was very traditional in yeah. their way. And, and I'm trying to remember the, the traveler's language. What is the language called again? Uh, well, the gammon, the gammon most was called. Yeah, yeah okay, I think, I think that's what it was. It was words he picked up and everything else. But look, to be honest with you, the point was, I'm trying to make is, I was wrong in my preconceived notions. He didn't want to turn out, he didn't turn around to his tomorrow and say, I want to be a traveller, just because I'm hanging around with one. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you were and you weren't, Michael. Let, let me just tell you this. Transgenderism is not a typical, traditional, passed-on thing, right? This, this is a social contagion, as the guys have said correctly. But the, the second answer I wanted to give you was, you are correct, Niall, in what you're saying. In do, do we just turn our backs on children in need whose parents may not be doing right by them? We don't. Okay, well, well, well hang on. I, I want to go to another, Stephen, and just to clarify the point you made earlier on in relation to transgender teenagers. There's seven, according to the Medical Times, there's 7.6 times more likely to attempt suicide. Uh, anyway, sorry, just to, in relation to what you said earlier on, I wanted to clarify that figure. Stephen, how are you doing? You're on the Rob Bowling Podcast. Hi. Oh, sorry. 
Stephen, get, getting back to this argument. So the 10-year-old, I'm sure you know the story. The 10-year-old, his best friend identifies now as a girl and wants him to call Sarah. The father's not happy about this and doesn't particularly want his child hanging around with a trans kid because he thinks it's a social contagion and it'll have an influence. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Is the father being a bigot? I think the father is slightly misinformed and is listening to a lot of disinformation about, you know, what is and isn't a social contagion. And, like, for starters, trans, being transgender is not contagious. You know, there's the same concerns about, you know, like that possibly hanging around with people from the traveller community or other ethnicities or, you know, this whole thing about um, suicide pacts and things like that. And it was all these... Concerns that people think that, well, kids are impressionable, they'll latch on to whatever idea you give them, and then all of a sudden they're following it like a religion, for the want of a better word, which is not the term that I wanted to use, but however. Well, somebody already compared it to religion earlier on anyway, so don't, don't feel like you're the first. Yeah, but but being, being transgender is not an ism, it's not a religion, it's not a, an ideology. It is well, some people believe it is an ideology. It is, I'm, I'm, I'm expressing that it isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a person who understands who they are better than anyone else, choosing to identify themselves as the way that they know themselves. And Stephen, I, I respect that if somebody was 18 years of age, but if somebody's 10, do they really know who they are? Half a 10-year-old don't know what they want for their lunch. Do you understand what I'm saying? So realistically, yeah, does a 10-year-old know what they whenever, are? Whenever, whenever um, young people are being surveyed about subjects like this, they usually asked when did they start thinking about it or questioning it and things like that. And usually 8, 9, 10, 11 is the age that people reported at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a question of whether they, whether they have the words to explain themselves or not is kind of a separate thing. I've spoken several times about that I didn't know who I was. And I didn't have a word to explain myself until I got the word gay. Mm-hmm. But I understood, when I understood what it meant, that word fit how I felt. No, I know. I get all that. of those years that I didn't understand. It. But I, and I, by the way, I don't want to confuse sexual orientation with with gender identity. No, neither complete, am I. Two completely different things. But sorry, sorry, Stephen, uh, you were trying to say something to Steve or to Stephen. I was going to. I can't. Yeah, first, that's, that's exactly what he's done there. He's conflated uh, sexual uh, preference with gender ideology, which is two completely different things. And that, that's that's particularly the tactic of anyone who would push this particular ideology. Normalize it. Well, he doesn't believe it's an ideology. Look, anyone that says what they think is not an ideology, if they hold really firm stances on it, they're, they're wrong. My position on this would be an ideology. I'm admitting that. Mm-hmm. that my, my ideology would be conventional family unit, functional society. Sorry, so then, your line is a little bit bad. The thing is a conventional family unit. There's an ideal family yeah, unit, which would be two po- like with two adults and 2.4 kids and a picket fence. Well, half Italian. Yeah, no but the majority of families these days are not that. No, no. We, we know what a conventional family unit is. There's an objective truth of what family uh, conventional family unit is. So to minimize so that means per- you don't understand the meaning of what we're talking about at all. That you're just trying to So the idea the of a single parent family is not a family. The idea no, with a, of you know uh, grandparents raising their grandchildren. No, you're, you're, you're completely People adopting... Stephen, I think, to be fair, everybody knows exactly... Well, I know exactly what Stephen is saying about the convention or the nuclear family, as they used to call it years ago. I mean, the, we're not, nobody is suggesting that a single-parent family is not a family. If, if there's a mother with three kids, of course it's a family. Absolutely, that's their family. But, but in saying that, it's not the ideal situation, is it? 
on the show. It's not always the, the, the ideal situation. And, we, you know, we've gone through this for years. Psychologists, psychiatrists, child psychiatrists will tell you that the ideal situation for any child is to be in a functional family with two parents. Now, that doesn't mean that one-parent families don't do well in life. They can. Of course they can. It's a tougher job when you've got one parent. But when you've got two, mm-hmm. it's a much easier job, isn't it? Clearly. And some single-parent families work an awful lot better than a double-parent They do, but if you look at the statistics, and again, I don't want to have a go at single-parent families because I'm not, uh, because some of them do an amazing job and turn out wonderful children, but statistically, children don't fare off as well in single-parent families. Mm. So the point is that ideally, the best place always for a child is in what they call the conventional family, and that's all Stephen is saying. I don't, I don't see an issue with that statement. So I, 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 well, I feel like we're getting slightly off the topic. Well, no, I, I do. I do think we're gone slightly off topic. But sorry, but getting sorry, Stephen. Uh, first, Stephen, what what are you trying to say there? Since your line is a little bit bad, there's a lot of noise in the background. He's denied the existence of the conventional family unit. So by playing dumb, this uh, and also reaffirming the idea that trans is not an ideology, this person is showing their dogmatism on the topic. So, like, we we should dismiss this person immediately when that happens. But society is so over tolerant now. We have to so here's the, here's the question for you then. Just prove to me that it's an ideology. Prove to you. Okay, so it has elements of dogmatism. So at this moment in time, As people in. who push trans ideology on children are now uh, trying to outlaw reversing of surgeries. What they call as, or, or reversing even psychologically before the surgeries happen with, 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 with uh, psychiatric treatment. They call that conversion therapy now even though what trans is, is actually conversion therapy from normative behavior into non-traditional behaviors. What, what trans is, is conversion therapy. What your, what your community or, or ideology is pushing is, is a dogmatic religious cult. Now, there, there are seven categorizations of what a cult is, right? And I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna read out the first two, which should answer your question really accurately, okay? So uh, uh, the, one of the elements of a cult is um, punishment for attempting to leave the cult and removal of people from their family units. That's exactly so what So who's punished people for leaving or detransitioning or whatever way you want to put it? Well, 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 well um, with, 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 respect, well, hang on, with respect to the second Stephen, Ollie London, who I interviewed earlier on, who detransitioned, has been condemned by the trans community on numerous occasions. Yeah. Because he detransitioned. Yeah, well, one, he has come out and said that the whole thing is dangerous and everything without, without, fun, without properly fundamentally explaining the science between it. Secondly, he used Ollie in an example ages ago to say, well, somebody believing that they can transition to a different race or ethnicity um, was mad. And I agreed with you on that point. And then all of a sudden you're one of his bigger supporters. But how and ever? Well, no, I, well I'm, not, I'm not one of his biggest supporters. I have a lot of admiration for the man because I think he's very honest. I mean, the very fact that he tried to identify as a Korean woman at one stage in his life, by his own admission, was delusional because he wasn't a Korean woman. Yeah. He was a British man. Obviously. Yeah. And, and, he's, he, and he, he spent he spent a lot of money, by the way. And he I know he did. And surgeons were quite happy to take all that money off him to shave his bones and, he's quite and do happy well. Now to try and recoup all of that money by spreading misinformation and and hate across the entire fucking internet. I don't know what he said that's hateful. But how never? What what has he said that's hateful? Well, they're, you're, they're trying to legislate hate speech now. For for you've just given away the, the game there now, Steve. Right? You said that this is hate. This is not hate. Right? First of all. 
and you try that's how to I define hate but anyway you're, you're, you're trying you're, oh, but we all see hey, by the way the sorry Stephen number one defined. sorry Stephen number one is being a member of the travelling community an ideology uh, well actually there would be ideological elements but, but they fall under uh, pre-existing ideologies like Catholicism uh, because I, I personally never agreed with the, tra- the travelling community getting ethnic uh, ethnicity or an ethnic, as an ethnic minority yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't agree with it either because I, I believe the tra- well I believe the travelling community are a, are a subculture within a culture and I say that yeah. respectfully by the way well I, 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 I have done research on it there is genetic difference but just to kind of come back onto the point what, what Steve said um, which is you know uh, we're not punishing people for leaving the cult. You are, because that's what hate speech is. If you speak against the cult, you're punished. You're taken out. This, this mirrors Scientology. There are plenty of people within the queer community that are questioning the queer community and the directions the that we're community. going that don't get... This isn't the queer community. That's not queer. This is trans. This is surgeries. This and is, I include uh, the trans community identity. in the queer community. The queer community is anybody outside of the cisgender heteronormative society. No, I, I think you're sneakily using another community to push a very. But okay, we'll we'll stick we'll stick with trans. Trans again is not an ideology. It is it is, it is it, people it being able to express themselves as they as they feel like they are. Does does trans anyone people people the people that are getting attacked from the trans community for detransitioning or putting points across and things like that are ones that have gone completely to the other side to make money out of attacking a marginalised community that they were already part of. Do people Have people in the trans community been misserved by the health services and society at large? Absolutely. But at the same point, they shouldn't be stopped for being who, to be, being able to be who they are. Okay, but do me a favour, both of you, please stay there for a second because I want to go to John as well. John, how are you doing? How you doing, Nat? How are you? Good. I mean, I, I, let me get back and focus what we were talking about. And uh, Stephen, you know, to be fair to, to Stephen, who's just come on, by the way, who, who's a gay man, um, and mentioned that he's part of the community, the queer community. I mean, this young child is only 10. We're, we're talking about two 10-year-olds. Well, no matter what you believe, if you believe the other Stephen that it's an ideology or you believe any of that stuff or, or it's a delusion or a fantasy, we're talking about two 10-year-olds. Would you stop your kid from playing with the kid? Well, well, first of all, can I just say, Niall, that I have a serious issue with a child of 10 being diagnosed with gender dysphoria. I, you know, you can't... Well, I don't, I don't think a child has to be diagnosed with anything to identify. That's well, well, the way it well, is who, now, who, isn't who, it? Who, okay, all right. Well, well it, no, it isn't. Um, you, you know, you can't just have, you know, affirmation without some sort of... Uh, psychological assessment. It's not a good thing to do that. Just affirm. Oh yeah, that's it. Well, well that's know. what we have. So, in this. It's, it's, well, the gender recognition but, bill allows people to affirm. Well, I tell you, but a ten-year-old, a ten-year-old. Look, if there's nothing unusual or particularly unusual about a ten-year-old wanting to wear dresses and wanting to grow his hair long yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. that's that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, yeah. maybe that child will turn out to be. Uh, a heterosexual, maybe he'll turn out to be a gay lad, or maybe he'll turn out to be get to suffer from something like gender dysphoria. Uh, that, that is now the father. The father, you know, is he bigoted? It would very much depend on how the father is handling it. If he is saying to his child, "Look, you don't hang around with that child because boys don't wear dresses, boys don't get their hair long, grow their hair long. I don't want you hanging around with that belly. He's a freak or whatever he is." That's being bigoted. But if the father says, look, everybody's a little bit different. I don't want you playing around with him uh, necessarily as a, 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 you know, because maybe, you know, uh, 
you know, he, he might, maybe you recognise that your child will be susceptible to social um, contagion. And you may recognise that my child is very easily influenced by his peers. Therefore, I don't want my child to be influenced by this. this book. But either father can be very kind. He can say, I don't want... I don't want you to let that child be bullied. I want you to but, be nice but, to but yeah, but, but hang, yeah, but hang on for a second. Yeah, but, and I understand what you're saying, and, and I completely agree with you. But that kid then is going to go, yeah, because you're not going to allow the kids to come to the house and have play dates, et cetera, et cetera. That kid is going to go into school the next day, meet the other 10-year-old, Sarah, and say, my dad and mom don't want you at the house. Oh, mom doesn't have an objection to it because she's calling the husband the biggest. I don't, they don't want you at the house because my dad doesn't agree. So... Well, I think, so I no think matter what way you look there. at it, the kid is going to feel a bit bullied, isn't he? No, I don't think it necessarily has to be like that. I mean, is the father saying, I don't want the children to play outdoors on the street anymore? Let's put it this way to you now. If one child is identifying as a girl and another child is identifying as, as, a, as a boy and he's playing usual boy games, playing football, rough and tumble, and the first child doesn't want to do that, well, I, I don't really see that there be, uh, you know... A, a huge issue there because they're completely different interests, if that is the case. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think, I, think, I think the father at all times must realise that he has to, his son has to be kind to this other child. But, what, but, but what's there, when you're saying no matter what way he does it, and even if he does it kindly, you know, yeah. what's, what's the, the point Stephen is making is, what's wrong with him playing with a child who identifies as a girl? I think you say he's not going to catch. It's not like chicken pox. He's not no, going to catch it. No, no, I agree, a hundred percent. When you say playing, I have no problem. I personally don't think there should be a problem with the two of them playing if they want to play together. Because if they want to play together, then they've got certain things in common and they want to have a bit of fun together. Whether or not the father says, "I don't want you going into his house," for example, let's say, for example, um, the, the mother was a fundamentalist Christian and she was espousing views of, you know, hatred against gay people. He was, she was saying homophobics and mm. because of her religion she might say well look uh, all gay people are going to burn hell and all gay people are this and that i would not want and i would think it'd be reasonable for any father to say i don't want my son going into exposed that house. to that yes okay. i don't know i don't want him exposed to that because my my son could be influenced but i have no problem with the two children out in the road and they're not getting involved in religious discussions no problem playing with them you know, but it it, 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 it depends. Okay, okay, no, well, I get, no, I get the point. I think you're making a fair point. Stephen, that, that's probably not too bad a point. He's no problem with them playing together. He just doesn't want the kid going into that kid's house where mo- the mother, clearly, because he's spoken to the mother on the phone already, is it quite an influence on the child. So he doesn't want the mother of the trans child saying to his kid, listen, you can be whatever you want to be, and if you want to be a girl too, she will get you some clothes upstairs. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he doesn't want that influence on his child. Yeah, but we're we're making kind of we're making abstract assumptions on parents on both sides of the second. Well, in the uh, email, he does mention the mother. He rang the mother. Either way, yeah. yeah, But either so he said she's a bit of a nut. The mother, the mother affirming their child's identity, who is probably only just socially transitioning in terms of identifying with a different name and pronouns and possibly changing the way they're dressing, possibly growing their hair longer, whatever, you know. Nothing irreversible there. Nothing contagious or infectious there. On, um, the mother. Hang on, I'm still talking. The mother. The mother being supportive. The mother being supportive of their child is what a parent is supposed to do. End of. 
no, the child I don't is agree with safe. You on that. The child is safe. The child is the child well, is safe. Well, child we, we, I, when you say the mother or a parent supporting their child, no matter what the child wants to do, end of that's not end of. Uh, Stephen, children do things sometimes that you don't consider to be the right thing. So you have a duty as a guardian so you, you to guide them in the right to direction in, to instill them yeah. with discipline. You don't support and, everything that's But do. if you if you if you if you if you as the parent feel that your child is not in danger, they're not at risk to themselves, they're not doing anything that you consider to be wrong or immoral or anything like that, then that's fine. Okay. And nobody can question the mother for her yep. her disciplining okay. her yeah, Okay, like sorry, John. Her sorry, John. Even, the dad of the... Yeah, go ahead, John. If I can make a point, Stephen. Um, look, if, if a child uh, is growing up as a, say, a seven, eight, nine-year-old, and the child has a, a preference for wearing dresses and hair long, maybe putting makeup on, all that sort of thing, no problem whatsoever with, with anything like that. But to then label the child, it's not the child coming out and saying, I'm identifying as a girl. It's somebody else is putting that thought in the child's mind. And suddenly the child is now being affirmed. So as somebody a, as has a turned girl, their child trans. trans. No, I'm not saying that at all. You're missing the point here completely. I'm not saying that at all. He's asking why gender has to be child. the issue at all. In other words... Yeah, yeah, the little child likes wearing dresses, likes wearing his hair long, maybe likes wearing wigs, I don't know. And nothing wrong with that. It's not any, in, in all that unusual or abnormal. But for suddenly a 10-year-old child to come out and say, I'm identifying as a girl, that's not coming from a 10-year-old. I, I, do, I, 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 I do get the point, Stephen. You know, when I was young... There were, well, 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 hang on, Stephen. Well, Stephen, when I was young, there were effeminate boys and there were, you know, girls who were tomboys. Um, and that was just the norm, okay? And, you know, and nobody kind of cast any aspersions on them. We, we, we called girls tomboys. Uh, effeminate boys were sometimes called names too, which were, mm -hmm. some of them weren't, they were quite derogatory at the time. Like, this is going back 40 years ago, right? They would have been quite derogatory at the time. My best friend 20 actually, years ago it was still happening, but anyway. Yeah, my best friend in school was extremely effeminate. Um, he turned out later on, by the way, to be a gay man. He's now married with children, right? Uh, and I hmm. still know him, still quite good friends with him, right? But he was very effeminate when he was five years of age. And I always remember it because he got called names in the class, which was terrible at the time, right? But but we also had tomboy girls who, you know, played rugby with the lads, played Gaelic with the lads, did all the lad things, wore jeans, wore shirts, didn't wear dresses. We had all those kind of... But most of those girls, you know, when they got to the age of 20, embraced their femininity again and got married and had children and they were perfect. Everything was perfectly fine. And the same with most of those mm. boys who might have been a little bit camp, for example. They turned out to be just eccentric men. And they were continued on in life as heterosexual men. They didn't generally turn out always to be mm. gay. So what I'm saying is, we didn't put a label on them. So John is saying, the kid might want to wear women's shoes. He might want to, as most of the boys probably wear their mammy's shoes at some point and run around the house like lunatics. You know, he wanted to put a bit of lipstick on him. He wanted to wear a dress. But he's not the one who thought, I want to be a girl. Somebody else put that into his head because children don't think of gender. And, and I do understand the point that John is making, that we're did the, one, we're the ones who are making this an boy. issue. We're the ones, society yeah, are making this not, an issue. Did, are you, well, this is the thing, society is making an issue out of nothing, but anyway, did you grow up knowing you were a boy? I don't remember, to be honest with you, Stephen. I, I, there was no, there was never a question of it. It was never questioned. There you go. No, 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 but, but, but so here... You, but didn't here know, it, you didn't know anything to the contary. Yeah, because it just, we didn't talk about gender. The word gender was yeah, never you mentioned. Talked about sex. You, you, talked about, you talked about sex. You talked about boys liking girls and girls liking boys. Yeah. And boys are boys and girls are girls and boys don't cry and girls wear makeup and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So you stereotypes. were talking about sex yeah. and gender and the stereotypes that are associated with it. That's 
we all grew up with that. And the fact that some of us broke the mold and turned out to be gay or bi or pan or trans is all of a sudden going, ooh, that's weird. That's out of the ordinary. Somebody, won somebody was saying earlier, I think it was the other Stephen was saying, well, you know, the, the child was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. We don't know if the child was or not, but no one was... Well, no how is the child trans? No one gets assessed at 10 years old to go, oh, yeah, no. you're still a boy. But you don't, you don't have... Years ago, you, you did, but you don't have to be assessed now to, to make a claim or for, for whatever gender. Uh, because yeah, but what I'm saying is no cisgender person gets assessed to confirm that well, they're well, boys. Well, well or, Stephen, or Stephen is not the one who, you, who, who branded children or people who believe that the opposite gender is having gender dysphoria. That's a scientific explanation, isn't it? Yeah, and nobody needs a diagnosis to, or needs to be assessed in order to know that they are not the, the gender that they were assigned at birth. Well, so in some countries, it's still recognised as a mental illness. I, I know it is, mm -hmm. and it is rapidly becoming a mental illness in places where it previously wasn't because of this whole... Stephen, can I come in there for a second? Yep. Sorry, John. Can I come in there for a second? Sorry, yes, sorry Stephen. Um, you know, you say nobody needs to be assessed. I would disagree with that. If, if somebody at 10 years of age is, you know, betraying or portraying or, or displaying... Whichever way you want of, to look at it, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you know... Um, one of the first things one would do in a situation like that is you would have them assessed. And, and, you know, affirmation, as I said before, without some sort of assessment is not good in any society. If you're saying a boy uh, is behaving like a girl or a girl is behaving like a boy, and, you know, suddenly somebody says, oh, he's a girl or she's, he's a girl or she's a boy. No, that, 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 that is a fairly radical thing to come out with. So you need to have them assessed and you just to just affirm because they might be somebody mentally because that's, Ill or confused. So that you never know. I mean, you never know. But, but, but let's put it this way. People we've who just are... From, girls, on, we've just gone from saying that, um, you know, boys will do girly things and girls will do boyish things when they're growing at up. At 10 years of age, yes. perfectly fine and age, normal. Yes. But yes, now all yes. of a sudden, them trying... Them, saying that they feel more like a boy or feel more like a girl when they weren't assigned that at birth is now a mental illness? You no, can't we're saying not, that's rubbish. That's rubbish. No, what we're saying is, what I'm saying is, at 10 years of age, there's nothing wrong with it, 11, 12, but when they start reaching puberty and the thing is continuing, then they need to, they absolutely see, need some sort of assessment to, to, to see, okay, is there anything, is there anything we can do here? Is, there, is, is this mm -hmm. the case? Is this, is this boy actually you know, in the wrong body, and it, I, know, I think it, I, I think to be to, to be fair to everybody, Stephen, uh, and you know, and I don't disagree with everything you're saying, Stephen. But what I'm saying is, when we're talking about children, we have to be very careful how we deal with this. And we're seeing more and more, uh, particularly states in America, countries in the world, some of the Nordic countries as well now, and including the NHS in the UK, not prescribing puberty blockers, not allowing surgery on children under the age of eighteen. That's happening all over the world. Well, it wasn't there, allowed there, anyway, but anyway. Well there, well, there is certainly a point. Well, the NHS did prescribe puberty blockers at one stage. Uh, they don't. No, I'm um, talking about surgeries, but yes. Well, surgeries were allowed in many places, by the way, in, in many places in the United States, uh, up, to, up to recently. Mm. They've now banned it in many states in the United States, and actually now, almost nearly 50% of states now are banning it. Um, and it couldn't have been done on a child anyway under the age of 18. But they, mm. but they were allowing puberty blockers. Yeah. Hmm. Which are fine and reversible. It, it was done under eighteen. Why? Well, there was. I, I have seen situations where girls have had their breasts removed under the age of eighteen. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
It may not have been done in America, but there are, it is being done, and, and they are allowing it in some countries. But, but in saying it anyway, Stephen, we are seeing a situation where there are logical minds saying we have to be careful because we're seeing so many detransitions as well, which can be quite damaging to a, a, a young teenager to, you know, okay, I understand teenagers can go through so many mixed emotions and so many feelings in their life. But to, to, to suddenly say, okay, we're affirming now that you're not a girl, that you're a boy, and that's fine, you know, and okay, we'd like to, or vice versa, and you can go on puberty blockers, which in turn can, and they don't know yet exactly the full extent of the damage that they can do, can be damaging, according to the NHS themselves. Again, they believe they can be damaging to bone density, all sorts of different things. So mm-hmm. we, we have to take these people seriously. For precocious puberty and hormone replacement therapy and everything else. And then also you end up coming out and saying, well, they have men have better bone density when they transit and if they transition, it's unfair. So again, you kind of can't have it both ways, a contradictory argument. I, no, no, I, I understand the contradictory argument. But what I'm saying to you is, is if there's a possibility that a child who is transitioning takes puberty blockers and that does... Um, you know, irreversible damage, and then they want to detransition at 18 because they've changed their mind, which we're seeing does happen, you know, and the damage has already been done. I mean, mean, let's go back to Ollie. We were talking to Ollie later on. Look at the damage he's done to himself. Yeah, of his own volition. Yeah, absolutely, but he was allowed to. Surgeons willingly did it and took his money. Yeah. They shaved his bones. They, they've left him in a situation where his face through, is in pain. He also had to go through a lot of therapy in order to uh, get... Absolutely. Basically, basically to convince the, the doctors that this is exactly what he wanted to do. You're not, you're not seriously going to suggest that any trans person can just walk into a surgery and say, I want you to take this off or I want you to put that on. You know, they are going to go through enough therapy to probably last in their entire lives. Okay, well, stay, well, well, hang on, both of you. Stay there for a second. Let me just, I'm going to just focus on the 10-year-old. Uh, we're going to go way over time. But sorry, Eddie, just very quickly, Eddie, because I'm way over time today. Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, I suppose I'll just give you a small little different twist on it. If I, if I had a, a child that was that age, right, and, and the scenario you set out was there, right, probably before, if you went back maybe five or six years ago, because I'd have been always a little bit less leaning, I would have definitely maybe, like, considered letting my child hang around with that person. But because of the push now of what the trans community are doing, even with a lot of gays and lesbians are, show, are, show, are demonstrating complete horror at, I, 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 I'm afraid of my life where we're going. So I'd be more likely now not to let the child hang around with the other kids. But if, you, if they weren't so aggressive and so pushing and dogmatic in what they're trying to push, and you went back five years ago, I'd certainly consider that in my case. And I, I, I think what, what's happening now is we're becoming a more divided society, society than ever before. And it's all this talk of inclusiveness. And, you know, which, which the inclusiveness is cancelling out some people with, with opposing voices in the name of it. And, and we're, we're heading to a very dangerous precipice, I believe. And it was, I think back around 2014 or so, Ireland was quite inclusive. And now, we're be, now there's going to be a backlash to what's going on and maybe gay and lesbian people who fought for their rights will start to lose all those rights, unfortunately. But I hope that. Because, what? I, well, I certainly hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case myself, but I think these people are pushing too hard. 
and they're they're shouting people down and they're cancelling opposing opinions and they're all I want would want to do with my child is raise my child my own way to be left alone and not have kind of NGOs or other people interfering with our school curriculums interfering with how I, I raise my child and I don't think that's too much to ask for. Uh, just finally, sorry, Stephen, in relation to this, there is a lot of talk at the moment I'm looking online of LGB without the T. Um, and, you know, that's obviously there's many groups set up of even members of the LGB community, LGBT, or no, LGB community, um, and people who identify as queer are basically saying they don't accept some of the dogmatic views and the, I suppose, very pushy views of the transgender community. Do you accept that's happening? I've been I've been targeted by gays against groomers for Christ's sake because of the work that I do with shout out, mm -hmm. you know. So there there are always going to be people that will not accept one point of view but will accept another point of view, and that's you know us being able to have a conversation about it is the right way to deal but, with but, it. But I think Eddie makes a good point. People down. Eddie makes a good point. Some of the ridiculousness that that we have seen lately, and there has been quite a lot of ridiculousness lately. I Dylan Mulvaney is probably the, the classic example. I think Dylan Mulvaney is disrespectful to transgenders, disrespectful to women, and disrespectful to himself. Um, and I firmly believe that Dylan Mulvaney is going to come out in a year's time and say the whole thing has been a practical joke because he's actually a comedian anyway, and he did it all to make money. And you all believed him. But I think all of that is quite damaging to the LGBT community. So I think from that point of view, is that not why we're seeing so many people who are gay and lesbian and bi turning around saying we don't accept the views of many transgender people and what they're saying currently at the moment? It's entirely possible. Again, as I said, there's enough misinformation and disinformation going around in every walk of life to say, oh, this is a bad thing, this is a good thing. The trans people are put are turning every child they can get their hands on. The same thing was said about the gays 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. We're here to get your kids. We're here to turn your kids because we can't procreate, so we must steal the heterosexual children and make them gay so we can replenish our numbers. Never it was, a, it was bullshit then and it's bullshit now. Never, never have I ever felt the gays or lesbians were depressed. And they were never as aggressive as what I'm seeing from the trans community. Can I just ask you a question, Stephen? What, what age do you think the age of consent should be? Well, it's 17 now. I think there's no reason to change it. Well, that's fair enough. For a long time, the gay age of consent was 21. That's right, Joe. We actually talked to Harvey Proctor about that yesterday. And, of course, Harvey Proctor became the victim of that back in the 1986 uh, when he was charged with indecency just because he had a relationship with a man who was 20 years of age. So there you go. We realized that there was sense in equalizing it because with or without an age of consent, people are going to have sex at whatever age they want. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Stephen. I appreciate you staying on as long as you did. Thank you very Trans much. Trans is not infectious. Okay. It's not the chicken pox. All right. <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you, Eddie, as well. Thank you to John. Thank you to Martin and everybody else, Stephen, and everybody else who got involved in that conversation. Sorry, sorry it went on a bit longer than usual. But it's a complicated conversation and I want to be fair to everybody and give everybody the opportunity to come on. Some of the messages, by the way, coming in, it's not transgender parents pushing their kids to become trans as these parents understand how important it is to pick uh, your own identity. It's the heterosexual families pushing their kids to become trans. Blame your own community, not the trans community, says somebody. More of your messages coming in. Raymond says on WhatsApp, not if a person has no female reproductive organs, then as simple as uh, they cannot be a woman. 
And any parent who tells their child any different, at the minimum, is telling the child lies. They're causing mental anguish to these kids. If they want to wear women's clothing, etc., that's their choice, but they can never be a woman. It's just a fact, says Raymond. Billy says, I wouldn't uh, call them what they want. I refuse to buy into the lie, but respect work uh, both ways. Respect it works both ways. Why don't they respect my right to believe? Mark says, it's not uh, good to bring a child uh, uh, up to be a bigot. That's disgraceful. Tom says on Facebook, uh, Niall, I think it's really unfair to turn around to a child and say you can't play with somebody just because they happen to be trans. Would he say the same thing if the child was gay? I think not. Um, I wonder what this father really believes. Uh, more, uh, Mairead says, it's not possible to change your gender in either male or female. You may have uh, your body mutilated and taken puberty blockers and whatever else they try to do to suppress your real gender. More needs to be exposed on the effects of mutilation of one's body, both physically and mentally. I've said it before, read Carabelle's story, she said. Mick says, uh, call, it's called being a parent. You don't need to ask permission or approval who your kids can be with or not. Uh, called being a parent. You set the rules, you set the boundaries for your children by why the complete something needed to mail about. I have no idea what that even means. Anyway, loads of other messages. By the way, don't forget, this show will be available to download on podcast or website in about an hour's time. And uh, we do take down the live feed after the show is over. That's only so you can listen to the show live. We do take it down again after the show is over. So you go to the website, download it. So you go to Spotify and download the audio or watch or listen to the audio on all your usual platforms. So please do that. Please support us. And uh, if you want to support us financially, you can. Contrary to what some people think, we're not making any money. None at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> very little. <laughs> not even cover the... <laughs> old mate, uh, one of our producers, <laughs> needs money badly, by the way. Um, yes, and so does our content director. We all need a bit of money, but unfortunately we're not making it. We don't make enough money to even pay the electricity bill, trust me. Uh, all you got to do if you want to subscribe is go to Twitter. Click the follow button and then the subscribe button below it. It's the price of a pint of beer once a month. So as I say before to people, it's like saying to me, Chose is not really enjoying sh your show during the week. You do it four times a week. You don't charge us for it. You Nobody's paying you. You're not working for anybody but yourself. So I tell you what, I want to bring you out for a pint of beer. Listen, mate, thanks very much indeed. One pint of beer every month. One cup of coffee every month. To do that, please do it now. Subscribe on Twitter at the top there, by the way. Uh, we've a bit of an issue with our website at the moment, not taking registration for subscription, but we will have that back working by next week. So you will be able to subscribe there as well. All right. Thank you very much indeed to everybody who listened today. Thanks for getting involved. And uh, we'll be back again with you tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.